Good to see you all. For those of you who are here for the first time, welcome. It's great to have you here. Isn't that a great promise that uh, we had during the, the worship? There's nothing that can separate us from the love of God. Today we're going to look at different ways that we hear from God. Now, when we look at the Bible, people seem to hear from God so clearly, didn't they? You know, we read things like, God said this or God said that. And it seemed to be like either an audible voice they heard or a crystal clear dream or vision. For most of us, when we look at that, we may think, well, sure, that's how things worked in the Bible, but um, that's very different from my own day-to-day experience. But actually, people today do hear from God, clearly. And one of the things that helps us hear from God is knowing the different ways that he speaks to us. So we'll take a look at some of those ways today. Now, the different ways that I'll cover today come from a book by Joyce Meyer called How to Hear from God. Now, because of time, I won't cover all the different ways today. People can get away at, uh, at before midnight. So, um, but if you are interested in finding out about the other ways that she lists, I'd encourage you to check out the book. It's called How to Hear from God, and it's by Joyce Meyer. So let's start with a question. Why is it important to hear from God? Well, if you are not hearing clearly from God, you are taking a suboptimal path through life. You're simply not taking the best path. If you are looking at a map and plotting a course to, to get somewhere, you're not going to go from Auckland to Wellington via Whangarei. It just doesn't make sense, right? Well, in life, if you're trying to get from A to B, where B is fulfilling God's purpose for your life, and remember, God has a plan for every one of us, then if you're not hearing from God, there are really two options as to the outcome. Number one, you don't take the best path to get to B, so you take a roundabout path, you end up taking longer to get there, and you end up not, uh, you end up not doing everything that God wants you to do. You end up not fulfilling everything that he wants you to f- fulfill. The other thing that can happen is you can inflict a lot more pain on yourself and others in the process because you haven't listened to God. That's option one. Option two is you never actually make it to be. You end up somewhere else because you didn't hear from God. Either way, you miss out on God's best for your life. We need to hear from God. Now, God said to the prophet Jeremiah, he said, call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. I believe God has incredible things he wants to say to us if we will just tune in to his voice. So let's look at some of the ways we can hear from God. Number one, God speaks through his word. God speaks through his word. If you have a Bible, you have in your possession a volume containing supernatural revelation from God. We can sometimes forget that, can't we? We just think of it as just a physical book, black ink and white paper. But actually, the Word of God is given to us by divine inspiration of the Holy Spirit speaking through his prophets and disciples. And it's also the most common way that God speaks to us. Anyone who wants to hear God's voice must be a student of the Word. That's a key point for today. If you get nothing else from today, anybody who wants to hear God's voice must be a student of the Word. That's important not just because of what God says to us through his word, but also because of all the other ways that God may speak to us, he will never contradict the written word. Let's look at an example. Say, I think I'm hearing from God, and I think I hear him, hearing him say, 
that I should leave my wife. Well, as I look at what the Bible says about relationships in general and about marriage in particular and how important it is to God, I very much doubt that God will be telling me to leave my wife. So that's an example of how what I think I'm hearing from God doesn't line up with his written word. So what do I do with that thought? Out it goes. It doesn't line up. See, the word of God is kind of like a plumb line, right? It's the true measure against which we need to test anything that we're hearing from God. Line it up? Does it line up? Yep, okay. If it doesn't, out it goes. Now, if we think we can hear clearly from God without spending time in the word, we are mistaken. See, trying to do this opens us up to hearing voices that are not from God. So it's actually irresponsible and even dangerous to try to hear from God without reading his word. Why? Because we can then be easily deceived. There are many evil spirits ready to whisper lies to us. But how do we know it's a lie? Well, we need to know the truth. The issue is, what is the truth? Let's look at an example. Say I want to buy a car, and I've decided I want to buy a 2010 Honda Civic. I want a car that's you know, not brand new, so the price has dropped a bit, but I want a car that's uh, still new enough to be in good condition. So I've decided I want a 2010 Honda Civic. Now, I just jumped on a website this week. I had a quick look. There was one website that had four 2010 Honda Civics, ranging in price from 17000 to 19000 I thought, wow, these Hondas really keep their value, don't they? It's pretty expensive. But say, so we'll just call 18000 as a sort of a middle marker. But say, hypothetically, I hadn't done any research and I wanted to buy this 2010 Honda Civic. So I'm walking down the street. I see a car yard. I pull in, tell a guy what I want, and he says to me, well, do I have a deal for you? Come and check this out. I have this immaculate 2010 Honda Civic, and check it out, only $25,000. It's a deal. It's a great deal. So I'm standing there, and I'm thinking, hmm, $25,000. Well, I'm not really sure if that's a good deal or not. But hey, he's telling me it is, and uh, it's in great condition. I really like that car, so hey, I'm going to buy it. Well, if you just bought that car, you just got ripped off to the tune of $7,000. Why? Because you didn't know the truth. The truth is that a car, a 2010 Honda Civic, is valued at 18000 That's the truth in that case. But what's the truth about life in general? God's Word is the truth about life in general. We read in John 17, verse 17, this is Jesus praying to the Father. He says, sanctify them by the truth. Your Word is truth. So God's Word is the truth about life. Knowing God's Word is how we avoid being ripped off in life, how we avoid being deceived. It's also how we avoid going down dead ends in life and how we can live our lives in such a way as to receive God's fullest blessing in our lives. We need to know the truth. So the application here is become a student of God's Word. Now, the written Word of God doesn't speak about every specific situation that we'll find ourselves in in life. For example, it doesn't, it's not going to tell us when to buy a new car or what type of car to buy. You may need a spoken or revealed word from God about that. So we'll look at that with some of the other ways that we hear from God. So number two, another way we hear from God, God speaks through wisdom and common sense. So we'll look at a, a, a working definition for wisdom and common sense. This is not a, a dictionary definition, but a working definition is wisdom is knowledge of what is true or right in a situation, and common sense is having good judgment in what to do about the truth. See, God knows that we don't always have the wisdom we need, so he offers his. We look in uh, James chapter 1. 
If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. See, God wants us to have wisdom. He's not trying to keep it from us. He's not trying to hide it. He says, go ahead and ask. But even if God doesn't provide a, a revealed or spoken word about something, and he doesn't do that in every case, we still have to live our daily lives, right? We make decisions all day long, and God's not going to dictate every little choice we make. So if we don't get a specific word from God, we need to use conventional wisdom in the choices we make. For example, if I'm thinking about buying something and I say, well, Lord, should I buy this? And if I don't hear anything, then a question I should ask myself, of course, is, well, can I afford it? And if I can't, then wisdom would say, don't buy it, right, if it's going to stretch me uh, financially. So I don't need an audible voice from God when wisdom is already shouting the truth. So the application here is ask God for wisdom, but also recognize and apply the wisdom and common sense that God has given you. So that's the second way we can hear from God. A third way is through prophecy. God speaks through prophecy. Now, sometimes God speaks prophetically through other people to reveal his will for our lives. A prophecy inspired by God will strengthen, encourage, and comfort. We read in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, but everyone who prophesies speaks to men for their strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. When I was younger, I used to think that prophecy was always foretelling, right? Telling, telling the future. I realize now that actually prophecy is simply the speaking forth of the mind and counsel of God. Or to put it another way, the declaration of that which cannot be known by natural means. So it may be foretelling, but is not necessarily. But a key point here is that prophecy must be in line with the word of God. And also a personal word of prophecy will generally confirm something that's already in your heart. Just a word of caution, there are well-meaning people who think they are hearing from God for others, but they're not. So if someone prophesies something to you that's not in your heart, a good suggestion, and this is from Joyce Meyer, she says, just write it down and give it to God and wait for him to show you whether or not the words are actually from him. A key point to remember here is that first and foremost, we should always be trying to hear from God for ourselves, right? That should be our aim. Unfortunately, many Christians think that they cannot hear from God, so they spend their whole life trying to hear from God through other people. But our God is a jealous God, and it's not jealous in the worldly sense of uh, the way we normally think of it, which is, uh, has negative connotations. It's jealous in the sense that he is the one true God, and he knows that worshipping him is the only thing that will bring us that closeness and fulfillment that nothing else can bring. We worship many things in our lives, don't we? We worship money, worship fame, power, position, status. None of these things will, will bring us that kind of fulfillment in our lives, and God knows that. So when he says, when he is a jealous God, when he says, worship me and me alone, it's actually for our own good, and he knows that. So he is a jealous God, and he doesn't approve if we're always putting people ahead of him by running to them to ask what we should do. But if we're in a situation where we think we've heard from God and just want confirmation, then we could go to someone we trust to prayerfully seek God's will on our behalf to check that what we've heard is actually from God. Now, speaking about hearing from God through someone else, we have um, a very cool story about that from right here in New Hope. And I'm going to ask Trina and Chris to come up.
So Trina was in a situation a while back where she did hear from some did to hear from God through somebody else to provide confirmation of something that was in her heart. So I'm going to let uh, Trina tell us the story. Yeah. In 2008, I was in a home group that there was quite a few single people. It was suggested that we write a list of what we wanted in a future husband. We put them on the table and we prayed over them. So this was in 2008, oh, 2011. Chris was a patient at work. Um, I had talked to him a few times. And the hygienist at work, which was my boss's wife, was trying to set us up. <laughs> but I, I, I was so upset with her because I thought Chris was too old for me. <laughs> you can see I asked for someone with a sense of humour. <laughs> I got it. Um, yeah, so I thought Chris was too old for me. Anyway, um, I was talking to Christine Mitchell and she said to me, what if God has brought this guy into your life? She said, you need to go and pray about it and, and see whether this is the real thing. So I went off and prayed about it and my attitude changed. It was literally overnight. It just changed totally. And I knew that I was going to marry Chris. This is before we even went out. I knew I was going to marry him. I knew I was going to bring him back to God and I knew he was the right guy for me. But I did want confirmation because it's a life decision. So I asked Tanya Longstaff if she could pray with me. I didn't tell her anything that I got because I just wanted to see if she had the same. And um, we, after church, we went outside and prayed. She said, you're going to marry him. I was like, wow, that's incredible. And then she said, you're going to bring him back to God and he is the right guy for you. So I knew all this before we even went out on our first date. <laughs> so anyway... Chris wasn't going to ask me out, so I gave him my number. <laughs> yeah. And we went out on our first date. It was really good. And on the second date, he said to me, why am I making wedding this in my head? And I'm going, wow, that's another confirmation from God <laughs> that that's, this is the real thing. Anyway, Chris and I have been married in April, and we're both looking forward to our lives together. And we're... Um, and we know God has a great thing for us. Hmm. Excellent. Thank you, guys. Thank you. That's great. Isn't that a great story? It's a great example of Trina seeking God's heart about a relationship and having confirmation. If she hadn't, if she hadn't done either of those things, she could have ended up marrying someone who absolutely wasn't right for her. But God has a, had a, someone specifically in mind for Trina. That's a great story. So the application here is seek God's will directly for yourself, but be open to confirmation from other people. <clears throat> a fourth way we can hear from God is through natural things. God speaks through natural things. The Bible tells us that God reveals himself to all people. We read in Romans chapter 1, The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of men, who suppress the truth by the wickedness, since what may be known about God is plain to them, because God has made it plain to them. 
For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that men are without excuse. So those people who call themselves atheists will one day stand defenseless before God because God speaks to everyone through what he has made. For me, this gives me a sense of urgency in witnessing to the non-believers in my life. Now, at my work, I, I work with a lot of non-believers, and for some of them, I've worked with them for a, a number of years now, and I'd call them my friends. But in the back of my mind, I can't help but think sometimes, if they continue on the path they're on, they'll one day stand before God without excuse. Now, I don't want that for them. I don't want that for them. They're great people. They just don't know God. So what do I do about that? I pray. I pray to God for opportunities to witness to them. And I encourage you to do the same if you have non-Christians in your life. Nature itself testifies to God's power and divine plan. In Psalm 19 we read, The heavens proclaim the glory of God. The skies display His craftsmanship. Day after day they continue to speak. Night after night they make Him known. They speak without a sound or word. Their voice is never heard. Yet their message has gone throughout the earth and their words to all the world. The main thing that God says to us through nature is that He is, right? He exists. This is an important revelation because the Bible tells us that before we can get anywhere with God, we must believe that He is. Hebrews 11, chapter 6 tells us that without faith it is impossible to please Him, for he who comes to God must believe that He is and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. So I encourage you to just take in nature, whether it's getting out and going for a walk at lunchtime, or getting a bit out of Auckland and enjoying the spectacular scenery that we have in this country, or just look up at the stars on a, on a clear night and see the, the staggering number of stars up there. Actually, there are like, I think, hundreds of billions of stars in our galaxy, and our galaxy is one of hundreds of billions. So you do the math on that, and you realize that God's a pretty big, amazing God. When you do this, when you, when you just take time to take in nature and remembering who made it all, it's first of all awe-inspiring, but it's also faith-building. So an application here is take the time to appreciate nature and see it for what it is, a declaration to all people of God's existence. Now, a fifth way we hear from God is through inner peace. See, when God speaks, he gives us a deep sense of internal peace to confirm that the message is truly from him. Jesus said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Now that phrase, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you, was actually a common Hebrew greeting. But Jesus is using it differently here. The peace Jesus is referring to is, is not peace in the worldly sense, as in the absence of conflict or war. The peace he's referring to is total well-being and inner rest of spirit in fellowship with God. I don't know about you, but that sounds pretty good to me. See, in its greetings of peace, the world can only express a, a longing or wish. You know, you, people go up to each other, oh, peace be with you. They're hoping. You know, it's hopeful. But Jesus' peace is real and present. It's our reality. And this is the peace God wants for us in every part of our lives, including all the decisions we make. 
See, when the enemy speaks to us, he cannot give peace. When we go about our lives with no consideration of God, but instead use purely our own thinking, we cannot get peace. Because the mind set on the flesh is death, but the mind set on the spirit is life and peace. From Romans chapter 8. So that phrase, the mind set on the flesh, is referring to our own earthly, carnal thinking. We should seek peace in every action we take. Peace provides kind of a, an internal confirmation that some, something that we are thinking of doing is approved of by God. In Colossians chapter 3, we read, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you are called to peace, and be thankful. So, I checked out the, the uh, definition of the word rule, the biblical definition there in that verse. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. The Greek word for rule in that verse literally means to function like an umpire, to arbitrate, to decide every debate. So we are, let, are to let the peace of Christ be the umpire in our lives, to make the final call. If there's no peace about something, then what does the umpire say? It's out. It's out. Don't do it. Sometime last year, um, a food processor that Tina and I had burnt out. So we went down to Briscoe's to buy another one. We were looking at the, uh, the options we had there, and we narrowed it down to two. And the one that burnt out was, I think, a 550-watt motor. And uh, we narrowed it down to two. One of them had a 750-watt motor. The other one was big. This one was a, this was a monster. I think it was like 1,000 watts or, or more. So we looked at those, and, and this 1,000-watt one came with a 1,000-watt price tag. I mean, it was significantly more expensive than the 750-watt. But I was looking at that, and I thought, 1,000 watts, oh, yeah, that's powerful. <laughs> maybe, it's, maybe it's a guy thing, but I just wanted that 1,000-watt motor. So um, we thought, well, it's, it's a lot of money. Let's pray about it. So just there in the store, we just, we just said a quick prayer. But I really wanted this 1,000-watt motor. So I'm trying to convince Tina, yeah, look, we need this, we need this. Look, the engine on the old one burned out. Get this one, this sucker's not going to burn out. So I said, I'm yeah, trying to convince her, trying to convince her. She's like, oh, I sent some reservations from Tina, probably because of the price tag. But I'm still pushing, I'm still pushing, I'm trying to convince her. And I'm pushing and pushing, and eventually I just thought, well, this is really hard work. This is just a big struggle. And it wasn't just with Tina, it was my, with myself, trying to convince myself that it was the right thing to do. And eventually I think I just said to Tina something like, you know what, maybe that 750 watt would be fine. As soon as I said that, I had peace. The struggle was gone. God gave me peace. I believe it was from God because actually he cares about the way we use our money, right? After all, it's his money. So that was a good lesson for me. I hadn't experienced that before, but it was a good lesson for me to seek God, uh, seek the peace of Christ in everything I do, particularly the big decisions. So an application here is seek the peace of Christ in everything you do and let your decisions be ruled by it. By the way, we bought the 750-watt one, and it's been fine. It's handled everything we've thrown at it, <laughs> despite my desire for this behemoth. <clears throat> so as the worship team comes up, we'll just wrap up. For every one of you, God has a plan for your life. And his plan is far greater and will be far more fulfilling than any plan we ourselves will ever come up with. But to follow that plan, we need to hear from God. And not just as a one-time event, but as the norm in our lives. I will miss God's plan for my life if I am not tuned in to his voice. And the same is true for you. 
So I encourage you to do whatever it takes to hear from God clearly, whether it's getting up half an hour earlier so you can spend time with him in the morning or make time in the evening, whatever works for you. Or simply reducing the busyness in your life so you have the time and mental space for God. Our lives are busy, aren't they? Reduce the busyness and the clutter in your life. It'll do wonders. But whatever it takes, whatever it takes, do it. So you can be led by him into the amazing future he has planned for you. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the incredible privilege we have of hearing from you. Help us to fully appreciate the importance of hearing from you, for pleasing you, for fulfilling your plan for our lives, and for receiving your blessing in our lives. Lord, thank you for your written word. I pray that you would give us a great hunger for your word and increased understanding of it. I pray that our minds would be renewed as we read it. And Father, we praise you for your wisdom and ask that you generously give it to us. For Lord, we surely need it. And we pray that you would increase our ability to tap into and apply the wisdom and common sense that you have already given us. And thank you, Lord, that you speak to us through other people. Help us to be open to your message for us when it comes this way. Lord, we praise you for your vast and yet minutely detailed creation. Help us to enjoy it, Lord, even amongst the busyness of our lives. And as we do, may we be filled with awe and wonder. Lord, may it always remind us, even shout to us, of first of all your existence, but also your power and creativity. And Father, thank you that you give us a deep inner peace, total well-being and inner rest of spirit when we walk closely in obedience to you. Help us, Lord, to seek that peace and be guided by it in everything we do. If you want to hear from God and be guided by him, but don't yet know him, you can change that right now. God is longing for you to have a relationship with him. He has his arms open and he says, come to me. If that's where you're at, then right now, right where you're sitting, just follow along in your heart a simple prayer. Just say in your heart, God, I'm sorry for the things I've done wrong and I ask for your forgiveness. Jesus, I believe you died for my sins and that you rose from the dead. I choose now to turn away from my sins and invite you to come into my heart and life. I want to trust you, hear from you, and follow you as my Lord and Savior. In your name I pray. Amen. If you just prayed that prayer, please let us know on the communication card, and we'd love to send you a pack of information to help you follow up on that decision. God bless. Thank you, John, for the message. Please join me and let's stand. And let's sing the song once again.